Special episode the Movement of Color Podcast. Episode 20.5. Today on the Movement of Color Podcast, Byron and I talk about the recent attacks by white nationalists on leftist activists. My name is Brandon Paid Carrillo. The Movement of and before we get started, I just want to bring to your attention, we at the Movement of Color podcast have been growing. We've been growing in our contributors and in our listenership, um, but we want to continue that growth. I just want to take this opportunity to remind you to become a supporter on our Patreon page. Go to www.patreon.com backslash movement of color. There, you can be a part of our online community and get some nice little behind-the-scenes treats, if you will. Byron. Hello. Hey, so today we're talking about how the alt-right, they're at it again. Yeah, they never, they never really, the, the, the culture slash physical war is never really over. Never over, never over. And we have two incidences in this special edition of um, the Movement of Color podcast that we're going to discuss. Um, what has happened in uh, Louisville, Kentucky? So uh, the Louisville DSA chapter there uh, was holding a meeting at uh, the Silver Dollar Bar, which is like a small little family-owned restaurant, um, where um, they were there and then all of a sudden – um, somehow they, uh, a group of three percenters, which is a like anti-government, like kind of right-wing anti-government militia that really came to Providence, um, after the election of Barack Obama, uh, because they can't, uh, imagine a world where, uh, there isn't a white man president. Um, they came, um, and started a fight with the, not just the DSA members there, but also with the owner of the restaurant and, and then, like, just random patrons who were just happened to be there. Um, and it got so bad that um, these four three percenters uh, started pepper spraying people um, and, like, started getting into scuffles. Um, and then it got, you know, it, after a point, the, the owner of the, of the restaurant um, called the police, the Louisville Metropolitan Police Department. Uh, they came. Um, and then uh, by then, the fighting had kind of already ended. Um, the, the attackers were already outside. Uh, of the establishment, um, and the cops just told him like, "Okay, get you know, go away. Like we're like we're not gonna we're not gonna arrest you." Uh, the the actual statement uh, after um, quote, "An officer was dispatched to the restaurant on Frankfurt Avenue uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, when they arrived, they separated the parties, having the reported conflict. Officers spoke with those present to try to figure out what happened, what occurred." Uh, given the conflicting stories uh, received by officers and the officers not witnessing the incident, a report was taken and no arrests were made. Um, this was done because um, at, at the time when they came, uh, it was very clear that multiple people were pepper sprayed. 
Like, it's, and then they kind of claim that there was nothing, like, oh, they weren't there, and there was so many conflicting stories, and all this, you know, typical cop bullshit. Hmm. Um, it's kind of like if uh, you got stabbed, called the police, uh, the person who stabbed you was still there, but uh, they, the cops were like, oh, no, we don't, like, yeah, we don't, we, yeah, we, we don't see you're stabbed, you're, you're fine. Like, you're, like, nothing happened. Yeah, just, uh, and they ended up uh, chatting with the, with the person who stabbed you. Um, actually being like pretty friendly and like kind of making jokes with them uh, and then they just went away and then nothing ever fucking happened out of it so that's basically what happened the, the police came they palled around the, with these three percenters one of whom uh, is a member of the proud boys and hmm. then they just went on their merry way as if, no, as if nothing happened so yeah that's obviously disturbing and disgusting for various reasons what is yeah. with these guys with pepper spray first of all well, pepper spray is one of the because of you know it, it's it's kind of with the rise of non-lethal or less lethal uh, weaponry, um, it, it gives it a lot a better legal standing when it comes to like assault charges and all that kind of stuff. But also like especially if you um, are on far right and the police are the police are far more lenient with you because you're not like you didn't shoot or stab anybody. Um, you just like oh you just really hurt their eyes real bad. Um, you know, never mind the actual like long-term effects of being pepper sprayed. It can really fuck you up. Um, you know, it's just it's a it's a lot easier to get away with compared to you know like like I said before, shootings or stabbings, or or like punching someone in the face and like giving them a black eye or something like that. Because it's it's a lot more long-term visual um, that might be considered evidence. While pepper spraying someone will hurt them for like a few hours at most, and then it'll go away. Yeah, it's just such a common occurrence with them. I'm like, why why pepper spray? I know if you guys are such a badass, you know, bring put the pepper spray down, you know, do some fisticuffs, whatever, you know, be the real deal. But I guess I'm happy that no one was really hurt, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if the restaurant owner did not call the cops, uh, things probably could have very seriously escalated. Because um, these three percenters, like they, much like um, they kind of train, uh, they're they're a militia, so they actually do trainings, they do military drills and stuff like that. Uh, but they more focus more on firearms um, than than groups like uh, Rise Above Movement, which focus more on like martial arts training and like actually and just like getting into getting into those fisty fights, like fisty cups. So what is what were their motivation to um, go to this DSA meeting? Uh, so this has not been the first kind of these kind of incidents have been rising and they've probably been inspired by others um this is kind of um this is how it works with these attacks is um there's there's an attack it gets a bunch of publicity and then it inspires others um and specifically this uh came uh, a few months prior during the whole occupy ice uh movement was really in full sway uh, a group of three percenters actually went and harassed um the occupy uh like ice louisville encampment actually um and these people are, are probably from the same group um that also did that so they're escalating like they're they're not just going to uh kind of established places they're also going to whenever dsa meetings are happening or just leftists in general um so it's 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 meant to intimidate it's meant to kind of make organizing more difficult uh it's meant to like essentially make make it impossible for DSA or any other leftist group in Louisville to operate, like, in, in safety. Hmm. 
So, okay, so that was the three percenters' motivation. What are your thoughts on the cops and their role in this whole thing? Oh, it's just the usual, you know, cops and clan go hand-in-hand bullshit where because the, like, you know, these three percenters, they call themselves an anti-Arab militia, yet, you know, like what's kind of common with all of these, like, you know, so-called anti-Arab militias, they, like, love to bootlick cops. Like, they are hardcore bootlickers. Um... So, like, they treat officers as this kind of – as, like, almost, like, holy men where they have to be utterly respected. And the cops know this, and the cops understand that, you know, if one side's going to win, it's better for them to decide, to, you know, decide with the people who want to give them more powers, more leeway, more ability to just kill whoever the fuck they want and get away with it than, you know, the side that wants to abolish their position entirely. Like so, it, it, it there's like a interpersonal aspect where they get they get treated a lot better. Um, they get almost venerated uh, by these far right groups, and then there's an institutional aspect to it where they understand that in their long term, like for the long term survival and benefit of their institution, it is better if they side with these far right groups. Hmm. Yeah, and and also there there has been an, an issue, a, a growing attempt by the alt, by the far right to infiltrate police um, and FBI and county sheriffs um, organizations. Um, is is ever uh, it's been a concerted effort before, but especially after Charlottesville, where they kind of realized they can have these like a big mass movement, um, they're gonna infiltrate the these institutions that are kind of ready made for them. Well, obviously that sucks, but yeah, it it does. <laughs> so here's a here's a kind of a, a pivoting question, away from talking about the assholes that were involved in the whole um, melee in Louisville, but all the people who see this in the media or its portrayal in the media, um, what is your thought on? Their perception. What's happening? What are people thinking about it? Um, well, uh, everyone on the left and in kind of the you know quote unquote alternative media is kind of seeing it kind of, kind of what it is. It was it was it was a political attack on uh, you know the on the DSA, which is the you know compared to other leftist groups, fairly moderate um, in in demands being attacked by the far right because they were organizing like in a place where they don't want them to organize. Uh, they see them as, you know, commie. Like he, they even like yelled at them uh, during like a bunch of, you know, they call them commies, Marxists, you know, cucks, all this kind of stuff. Um, and that kind of, that's like the intention. Um, but on the rest of the media, that's kind of mainstream media, I guess you can call them. Um, occasionally on like this, this type of stuff where there wasn't really any fight back. Um, where they weren't really actively defending themselves because, um, for whatever reason, um, generally tends to side with uh, with with us on this kind of stuff. But you know, Fox News, um, the you know Daily Stormer, all like you know the once he gets to the, the right wing the spectrum, uh, kind of just either makes outright apologetics for them or uh, or like sh- or shares only their side of the story. Or they outright, or like they acknowledge that yes, this was this was an attack, and it was good, good thing. Um, you know, white, you know, people um, advocating against equality, 
um, and liberty for minorities is a good thing. Like that's that's usually how this is treated in media um, on, you know, not just in, in this case, but like in pretty much every case where this, where this kind of stuff has happened. Uh, yeah, man, this is disgusting. That's why we do what we do here. Um, partly to have fun and to talk about and uplift voices that aren't normally heard or, you know, whether it's arts, culture, and involved with activism. But just to kind of really discuss, because there's people who listen to this that maybe aren't familiar with what happened with that DSA chapter because they're maybe not involved in DSA or they're just kind of casual leftists or whatnot. But it's uh, it's really fucked up. Yeah, and, and it's getting more common. I mean, just uh, if we can pivot um, to another event, like I think it was just yesterday, there was an, an attack uh, in, in New York by a bunch of Proud Boys. Yeah, that was uh, pretty disgusting. And it was awful how the media covered it and kind of just what happened. And I guess I could start with what happened. Um, so Gavin McInnes who is the founder of the Proud Boys, and I didn't realize also one of the co-founders of Vice News, or Vice yeah. Media. Yeah. He was having an event at the Manhattan Republican Club. And um, basically the event was about celebrating, killing, and fighting leftists. And he had a samurai sword, and he was talking about it's commemorating an event where... Um, one of the leaders of the Japanese Socialist Party was beheaded. Yeah, publicly on live television. Exactly. By, by an assassin. Yeah. And that's the, I guess that's the only way to do it. So, you know. And um, apparently the crowd inside wasn't huge, but, you know, it's New York City, so you're going to have a fair amount of fascists there anyway. But um, because of this, our um, Antifa brethren... You know, they came out to protest and, you know, engage in, you know, deep platforming. Um, so what happens after this event, the Proud Boys go to town on just um, pretty much, I think, indiscriminately beating the fuck out of um, people on the Upper East Side. And they corner three individuals and... You know, there's a group of them. You can find this all on Twitter. You can see video of this. Yeah, the, the videos from from like Antifa side, and even a, a Proud Boy actually recorded it, uploaded it, and ended up deleting it. But the videos, like you know, because of the internet, the, the video's still out there. Yeah, you can't just delete things anymore. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the aftermath of this violence resulted in three arrests, and apparently. From um, some sources, my sources was the Huffington Post and Gothamist. Um, the people that were arrested were Antifa. When in the video, you can clearly see Proud Boys beating the shit out of people. Yeah. And because I'm I'm somewhat of a a masochist, I um, just happened to. Click on a link where it's talked about Fox News' coverage on it. Oh, yeah. That that was really bad. Really fucking bad. Yeah, out, outright bullshit. Like, literal lie. Like, they lied to your face. Yeah. Um, for those who haven't seen it, essentially, 
they were, I think the headline was Antifa attack. And um, these anti-fascist activists attacked, you know, people outside of the Republican club. And um, we're trying to, you know, fuck with their freedom of speech, blah, 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 that same thing. And um, they also brought up that, oh, and they graffitied uh, the club and they left this note. And the note was as they were reading the note. And I don't know if Antifa left this note or not. That's kind of stupid if they did, but whatever. Um, Basically saying, hey, we won't stand for people, you know, treating immigrants bad. And uh, we can't stand for, you know, misogyny. And, you know, we're going to fight that shit. And, you know, we don't want this type of activity be being promoted. And as I'm watching this, and I'm, as I'm watching this anchor read this, I'm like, what kind of bizarro world are we living in now? Where things where, I don't know, I grew up in Wisconsin. You grew up in California, correct? Yes. All right, things of like, okay, let's treat everybody fairly. You know, respect their feelings. You know, let's not engage in violence. You know, we can try to work this out in a kind of a democratic way. Respect women, or at least, you know, women, girls can have girl power, you know. All these little bullshit things that we've been taught being subverted in the news. And it's um, it's really shocking how fashy Fox News is willing to go. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I have the, like, the, the the tweet that Fox News sent out uh, with, the, with the video of that segment on Fox News was Antifa attacks again, swords and vandalism at New York GOP office. Uh, basically saying, like, basically conveying, like, the fact that, like, oh, it was, yeah, Antifa that, that had the swords and, the, and did the vandalism, uh, while uh, totally just, like, blowing over the fact that the person with the fucking sword was, was Gavin McInnes, who was on Fox News. Yeah, like he was the one doing the attacks, like him and him and the Brown Boys, and like they and but they 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 totally make it about like, oh, like they're the victims here, um, which is like you know central to fascist ideology, which is um, that they are you know that the left is infinitely weak yet infinitely powerful at the same time, and that like despite the fact that they're constantly in the position of power, they are told they they are they are always the victims, no, no, it, regardless of whether that's not that's a fact or not. And part of the thing is because there's going to be a lot of people who watch that, who watch our avid Fox News um, watchers, and are otherwise reasonable people in their day-to-day lives when you exclude uh, politics or their bullshit religion. They're going to be like, oh, this Antifa, this problem, the left, man. I know there's a problem on the right, but man, the left, the left, and I'm like, Yo, man, like, can't you, because they don't know who Gavin McInnes is. Unless you are actively watching what's going on with the fascist right, you don't know who a lot of the Proud Boys are, or the Rise Above uh, movement is. You don't know any of that. Yeah, yeah you don't know who the fuck Adam Waffen is, even though they killed people. Like, yeah. So, all of these things are in play, and because they play upon people's ignorance, because in our education system, we never were taught about 
socialism or fascism. You know, just like, oh, fascism is bad. And then, yeah. you know, the Soviet they, Union was bad. Yeah, I mean, like, they, they think that, like, they kind of do this whole weird thing where, like, socialism and fascism is are defined as, like, the government doing bad stuff. Like, that. that's literally it. Like, that's... Like they they do they totally subscribe to horseshoe theory if you're actually taught it in school by someone who like isn't actually competent in knowing what the hell those things are. Yeah, horseshoe theory was a curse. Yes, and I'm not quite sure what horseshoe theory is to be honest with you. But if I imagine that oh, if you're on the left and you're on the far right, you guys are all the same Nazi, fascist, communist assholes. Am yeah, right? like no, it's yeah. Like, as as you further get out on the political spectrum, which the political spectrum, by the way, is, is a terrible way to analyze and like categorize ideologies. By the way, just you know, small little tangent. Uh, but like the further on the on the fringes you are, the more thing like you, the more you act and kind of see things the same way. Like oh, like we're like it, it, it's basically made to like venerate like uh, to like make the the center like the the kind of the neoliberal center always look objectively better than like, you know, than, than like, you know, the people on the left who are actively trying to like stop fascism from becoming a thing in the United States or, or, the, or, or the world in general. Exactly. And how, you know, and I'll take one step forward is also makes plays upon the belief that, okay, capitalism is the best and only system yeah. for, you know, mankind or for the benefit of mankind. Yeah, some some real Francis Fukuyama end of history stuff. So, I wonder how this will play out um, as far as moving forward, as far as what's going on in NYC, because I haven't heard any of the, you know, the asshole politicians speak on any of this. Oh, because because they won't. They, they, unless they're like, you know, like a, the local Republican Party club that's been like heavily infiltrated by the alt right, like they'll they'll come out like in for and defend them, but like otherwise, like unless they're like you know like Lee Carter from like Virginia or maybe Alexander Casa Cortez or maybe even Bernie Sanders, like he he's kind of been going that direction lately, especially in foreign policy. Like there, you're you're never gonna see like casual anti fascism on, on media. You're you're really not. Like you're gonna see. Either people activists actively defending the fascists, or you're going to see centrist libs like go doing the whole both both, both sides ism uh, all over your screen, like and, and all over your news feed. Yeah, and they won't stop with that shit. It's so old at this this point. Like both sides, I think if you have a moral compass. You know how fallacious that whole both sides thing is. Yeah. And I don't think they have that moral compass. No, they they don't because they have because they acknowledge that the 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 main bulk of anti-fascists are is is the the radical left. It's the anarchists, the communists, the socialists, even like radical, even like the more radical side of, of liberals. Um, which they institutionally are fundamentally against because they know that if, if they ever get any real power, um, their jobs are done. Like their their position of privilege and, and, and power and authority are not going to be there anymore. So like why would they support this? Like in the end of the day, like someone like you know, all these like white 
you know, upper class centrist libs, all these, you know, white coastal elites, uh, you know, if the fascists win, all they have to do is like, you know, do a sick Kyle and they're fine. And they're like, nothing's really going to fundamentally change for them. It may be a little, you know, more disgusting seeing all the death camps, but it's not like <laughs> they're going to the death camps. It's not like they're going to have their property seized. It's going to be fine for them, at least. Yeah, it's, it's the rest of us who are going to be fucked. We will be fucked. And um, I am trying to understand why the Republican Club of Manhattan would have these folks there. Oh, because they just – because like the, the people who support these groups are the same people who support the Republican Party. Like this, they've been building this base since like the 70s. Uh, with Nixon and the whole like we need to on, – on this whole anti-leftism, whether the Democrats are actually left-wing is very, very debatable. Uh, but the, you know, Nixon portrayed himself as a, as a vote against the, those dirty leftist hippies. You know, Ronald Reagan was a return to right-wing American you know, neoliberal norms. Uh, you know, like even Bill Clinton was like, oh, wait, we're, yeah, we're basically Reagan. Like we're kind of like Reagan. He was like kind of not as shitty, but still pretty shitty. Um, you know, it's, it's – and especially after Barack Obama who was a centrist for all case purposes but portrayed himself fairly successfully as a progressive, not, not even a socialist, just a progressive. Yeah. Um, like it created this huge backlash especially because he was black. He was not – he was not white. Um it, it created this huge backlash, and that was ultimately picked up by Donald Trump, who just went like full in. They didn't even, you know, the Republicans at least pretended to, you know, be a, you know, they always rejected David Duke's endorsement of of their party. You know, they always, you know, went out and said, eh, yeah, like, yeah, we may like count on their support during elections and kind of behind closed doors support them, but not publicly. And then when Donald Trump came around, it was like they just got. That that mask of civility in politics that they've always, you know, they, they always wore just went away, and you just saw the real horror of the of the core of the Republican Party for what it was as as a white supremacist, as a white supremacist pro capitalist organization. So, what can we do at this point? Well, probably the first thing you can do is kind of learn who your local fascists are. I mean, uh, like here in Orange County, we have a Proud Boys chapter. Um, luckily, it's kind of not really organized anymore. We uh, After uh, the Laguna Beach rally, five days after the Charlottesville attack, um, they basically just devolved into infight because we just swarmed them with protesters and we made we, dis, we delegitimized all their leaders. Um, and that's actually a very good tactic overall is the, the delegitimization of their leaders because – um, in, in, in these fascist organizations, leadership is is you know paramount. Like they they fundamentally believe in you know in in these kind of philosopher king like you know Hobbesian leviathans. Like they and, and if they de- and if you delegitimize them, uh, then things start to crumble very quickly. They start infighting because everyone wants everyone imagines themselves as the next Fuhrer rather than as like you know some middle class bureaucrat in the, in the fascist bureaucracy um so that, that that's a that's a very good way to go about it uh, actively deplatforming them forming um anti-fascist groups creating coalitions 
among the working class, so with immigrants, with Muslims, um, with Latinx groups, um, with you know the hell the white working class um, is is also can also especially when it comes to preempting their like active like counter recruiting the white working class with uh, groups like Red Deck Revolt, um, John Brown Gun Club, uh, Socialist Rifle Association have been doing great work in doing. Yeah, there we go. Um, where you inoculate these like this this group of people from uh, against fascist recruitment that also works incredibly well. Um, it also helps with your other work, for example, like when you like connecting um, anti gentrification work, work uh, community council uh, work. It, it, all of these can are all interconnected and can be connected into anti fascism, and anti fascism can be connected to these struggles. Well. Sounds like we have our work ahead of us, but we always knew that. Yes, we, we it, this is this is a you know it, this has always been difficult. But one one good thing that we do have compared to 1930s Germany um, or 20s uh, Italy is that we we now we, we have that hindsight. We we know we can we can kind of see where those patterns are going, um, and hopefully we are kind of act, taking it deathly seriously um, as these attacks grow um and we might be able to actually head this off before it gets anywhere yeah or well it's gotten somewhere but before it gets full-on pogroms and you know the mainstream of society really embracing these values yeah like but like i i'm incredibly happy that uh, fascism is not a mass movement here in the united states after charlottesville they screwed themselves really badly Apparently, killing like running over a bunch of people um, and killing someone is not good publicity. <laughs> like they, they had to learn that the hard way. Um, and I'm incredibly think like uh, you know it sucks, but uh, saying this, but like if they didn't, like I, I don't know where the all right would be today. All right, Byron. Well, guess what? I'm extremely hopeful and depressed at the same time, as is always with a lot of conversations that we have. So thank you, and hopefully, yeah, next time we talk, we'll have some more cheerful shit to talk about. Yeah, I, I really want to get out of this slump. Yeah. All right, we are done. So please remember to follow us on Twitter at movement underscore color and support us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash movement of color. My name is Brandon Payton Carrillo. Thank you and adios. color.